0: Hello and welcome to q and I'm Jay Nordlinger, and this podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you an employer who wants to advertise a job? ZipRecruiter.com is the place for you. We're also sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. Stop spending a fortune on gimmicky shave tech you don't need. Make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. Get your first month for only 5 bucks with free shipping by going to this web address, dollarshaveclub.com QA for Q&A. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm at the Oslo Freedom Forum, the annual human rights gathering here in Norway. Yesterday, I taped a Q&A with a most remarkable man, Ivan Mawarire, a Zimbabwean pastor. He is also a nightmare for his country's dictator, Mugabe. You'll understand why when you hear this man. In the course of things, you'll also hear background noise, including a tinkling piano. Think of it as the soundtrack of a conference and a hotel. At any rate, you will have no trouble focusing on Pastor Mawarire, who, who knows, may be president of his country someday. Well, Pastor, thank you for joining me. And I want to ask you um, where you were born and what your dad did and how you grew up a little.
1: Uh, I was born in uh, 1977 in Zimbabwe. At the time, it was still called Rhodesia.
0: The last few years? Yeah,
1: uh the last few years of it. Uh, The capital city was called Salisbury, now called Harare. Uh, And I was born in um, the ghetto of that city uh, at the time. Um, And my mom and dad came from rural Zimbabwe, both of them and uh came and settled in the urban areas where they were starting their life and in those days you know uh, the rural to urban migration was a real thing that's where opportunities were the war was also coming to an end so opportunities were opening up uh, my dad worked f- as a civil servant for much of his adult life and uh, worked for the government of zimbabwe uh, where he was with the minister of home affairs and uh, eventually became uh, an auditor within the minister of home affairs my mom worked for the veterinary department and uh she was a matron, and uh, you know, uh, you know. So they both spent their lives working for the government. The home, kind of home, I grew up in, is a home that was not a home that had lack. You know, my mom and dad worked hard to, to provide for us. I have five, uh, I have four sisters and one brother, and, and I'm, I'm the eldest, so there's six of us. So there was a lot of people to feed. But the one thing that my mom and dad made sure was that we got a good education. Um, they, they, for my dad, my dad is not the most educated person, and he made up his mind that um, his children wouldn't be like him. Um, It was a bit strange, though, because we tried as much as we could to be like him. My dad was hands-on. He made everything homemade. He fixed his own stuff. He serviced his own cars. And that's what ended up happening to me and my brother. You know, we, we, we were much like our dad.
0: Well, did your grandparents farm? Did they work the land? Oh, yes.
1: Oh, yes. My grandparents um, grew up um, or or based in um, Mashingo area in Zimbabwe, uh, in an area called Chivi. And uh, that was their life. They farmed. They were subsistent farmers. um, And uh, it was a very tough life for them because the area in which they stayed was not very fertile. So uh, crops didn't do very well, even though they tried. Livestock didn't do very well because it was quite a hot area. Area in which they lived, so they had to find other ways and means uh, to survive. So, so, so that's what they did. But my dad, when he grew up, decided that he wanted a different life, and so he moved, uh, you know, to the city. But part of our culture as Africans is that, or as Zimbabweans is that, you know, your home area is your home area. Mm-hmm. So many of us have maintained our home areas. We still have family there, and we still go back to visit them on special holidays or weekends.
0: And what led you to become a pastor?
1: Wow, I made a decision um, when I had finished my schooling, I had worked for our family business for some time. Now, my mom and dad are the first Christians I ever knew. And so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, and after I had gotten a marketing uh, qualification and worked as a marketing person, It wasn't as fulfilling as my um, work at the local church was. And I would help teach Sunday school with the little kids. And as I grew older, I began to also teach with the young adults and the teenagers. Mm -hmm. I then moved on from my mom and dad's church, the traditional church that we went to, and went to a more contemporary church. The school I had gone to had put me in contact with a, a multi-racial, uh, you know, composition of friends and, you know, uh, um, uh, contacts. So even in church, I was now kind of desiring something that was a little bit more contemporary. So I joined a more contemporary church. And whilst I was part of that church, I helped out with the youth, the teenagers and found it extremely exciting, hugely um, interesting to listen to their dreams and the challenges that they had, whether it was family or whether it was uh, just personal challenges. And sitting down to help them through that was just such a, it energized me. And so I decided I'd give my life to pastoring. I quit my job and went straight into pastoring. I went to Bible school at this church uh, that I was part of. And um, since then, that's been my life as a pastor 15 years ago up until now.
0: Wonderful. Well, we're talking with Pastor Evan Mawarire of Zimbabwe, and we'll be back after this word from our sponsor. Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then, their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job, better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, listeners to Q&A can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. And free trial is one word. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Happy hiring. I'm Jay Nordlinger with Q&A. We have a special guest here at the Oslo Freedom Forum. He is Evan Mawarire. He is a Christian pastor and a political leader. And I'd like to ask in this next segment, did you ever expect to be involved in politics? Did politics enter your mind at an early age? Or was it more like, I don't know, a kind of providence?
1: Well, firstly, you know, I, I don't see myself as a political leader. I think I'm somebody who has been able to express the views and the expectations of an oppressed population, and it has resonated with people. Um, and so I'm seen in different lights by different people. Some people see me as a savior of some sorts, others as a hero, others as a political, uh, leader, others as an activist, as, others as, as a human rights defender. Troublemaker.
0: A, a troublemaker.
1: that is rubber rouser. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those different, uh, you know, regime change agenda specialist, yeah. as my government would call me, uh, or a green card traitor. Um, you know but this this is something that i never really saw coming i must say though something interesting about 24 years ago and this is the only reference point in my life of uh, politics or national issues uh, or, or issues to do with governance, the only reference is when I was 16 years old. I was part of uh, the day of the African Child celebrations in Zimbabwe, and June 16 is the day of the African Child in Africa, and the whole of Africa celebrates Day of the African Child, remembering some students who were shot during apartheid when in South Africa when they protested uh, the introduction of Afrikaans in in the schools. And Zimbabwe celebrates this day by inviting young people from across the country to participate in uh, a dialogue of young people to present their issues. And the way we do it is that they build a young people's parliament. And it's got members of parliament, a speaker of house, uh, and it has uh, cabinet ministers, and it also has a president. And it's all mock, because we're all young. And um, through some... Absolutely weird. I don't even know how this happened. I became a member of parliament in this uh, children's parliament. And eventually, by the end of the session for the year ninety three ninety four, I was actually elected as the child president of the Republic of Zimbabwe. Um, and my mom, my mom, who is very very religious and reads into you know things that happen in someone's life a lot, has always said to me, you know, since that time when you were child president, I've always known that God would use you uh, to influence the politics of our nation, perhaps even as even as president. And of course, I've always never looked uh, looked at it that way. Uh, I might add she reminded me last year when I started off the protest against our government, um, against corruption, injustice and poverty. And she came to me and she said, do you remember what happened 23 years ago? So I've never, I've never been intentionally involved in politics. Um, this, it, it, politics have always, or should I say the, the involvement in nation building has always seemed to find me. This is the second time in my life that I have then eventually made a decision that I want to carry a campaign through. So it's it's caught me. It found me. I didn't find it.
0: You made, was it in April of last year, 2016? Yes. You made a video. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? And tell us about the video.
1: On the 19th of April, uh, 2016, I made a four-minute video. Um, it was unplanned, and it, it, coincidentally the nineteenth of April is one day after independence celebration in zimbabwe and It was extremely coincidental uh, i was thirty nine years old i just turned um, i was about to turn yes i just turned thirty nine um, in in March, and I had two children at the time my daughter was five, and uh, my youngest was three and I sat there. Looking back on my life, 39 years old, I tried everything I could possibly do as a young person and as an adult to build my family a life that they could be proud of, to provide for them, and I dismally failed. I was sitting on this particular day unable to pay school fees for my children and eating literally from hand to mouth, just managing to pay rent, just managing to put food on the table, owning no home of my own. At 39 years old, a Zimbabwean citizen, bright, educated, but desperately poor. And I was so dejected and frustrated, but for the first time in a long time, I was angry. And so I made this four-minute video in which I lamented the state of Zimbabwe. And when you look at the national flag of Zimbabwe, which is what this video was based upon, each element of this flag means something. It has a meaning. Uh, and I was talking about how the meaning of our flag and the state of our flag today are so far apart, it makes our flag feel like a fraud. And so I began to talk about the fact that this is not right. Something is amiss. And at the end of the video, I make a call to action and call every Zimbabwean to come and save their country and I say to them that every time you see this flag fly it's making a call to you to come and save it nobody's gonna come and do this for us but we're the heroes that we've been waiting for and we need to show up now that's what the basis of that uh, video was and it it went viral it's something that I didn't expect but uh, people picked it up from right across the world
0: <clears throat> there's an old line uh, usually attributed to hillel i think if not us who if not now when mm-hmm. I, I hear this in your message and i've listened to you before mm-hmm. uh, you're not waiting for um knights on white horses to ride in from elsewhere mm. um
1: it's up to Zimbabweans. Absolutely, you know the one thing I'm convinced of, I'm 40 years old, I've never been a politician but the one thing that I know is that I've watched election after election in Zimbabwe the ones I've participated in and the ones I haven't participated in the ones that have been openly rigged and the ones that we didn't know how we lost the election I've watched those things happen and I've always yearned that somebody else, can the region the regional powers come to our rescue can the continental body African Union come to our rescue. Can we call on the United Nations to come to our rescue? But there's so so much happening across the world that sometimes there's nobody to listen to your own trouble.
0: So after your video, Mm -hmm. after you posted it
1: to YouTube? Mm -hmm. It actually was on Facebook. What happened? Well, um, I posted it actually around about midnight because after I had made the video, I remember... um, I remember thinking to myself, wow, uh, this video could get me into trouble. Um, and I had posted videos before, but they were mostly to do with uh, Christian living teaching. Mm-hmm. I'd some on marriage teaching. And, you know, they would get up to 2,000, maybe three, maybe 5,000 views. Mm-hmm. I posted this at about midnight. Which day. is a lot, by the way, in my book. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I kind of woke up the next day.
2: coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome
1: bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW. avoid We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. i uh,
1: getting ready to take my kids to school, and a friend of mine called me up, and this must have been at about maybe 10 in the morning. I had posted this at midnight, and this friend called me and said, Ivan, um, that video you posted, where did you get that from? So I said, oh, did you watch that? And they said, yes. But have you seen how many people have watched it? And I said, no, 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 I'm, t- I'm trying to take the kids to school. And he just basically said, if I were you out, get on your phone or computer right now and have a look. It's going crazy. And put the phone down. And so I opened my laptop and I couldn't believe it. It had up to almost 30,000 views. At this point, I was I was like, what are people re- reacting to? But it grew so much and eventually um, became um, a call to action and people began to began to call it a movement. I didn't call it a movement. Everyone who saw it called it a movement. Um, e- eventually, what I then decided to do was to make 25 other videos in 25 days, one every day, rallying Zimbabweans around the issues we face and why it's important for them as the citizens of Zimbabwe, who love Zimbabwe, to speak up. To, to do something about the situation that we were facing.
0: And there were mass protests in the street, were there not?
1: Yes. After after we after we had done um, these videos um, we inspired a few actions. One of the things the government was doing at the time last year is that they were introducing a currency, a new currency in Zimbabwe. Now, for those people that don't know Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe had dollarized. We had adopted the United States dollar in 2009 because our own currency had lost value to the point that we actually had, through hyperinflation, we had a $100 trillion note mm-hmm. uh, as part of our currency. That's too many zeros for anyone to keep of it's 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 actually crazy to to think about we actually call it uh, steroid inflation mm. Um, And so to recover from that, we had uh, adopted the U.S. dollar. And throughout that period, things seemed to stabilize in Zimbabwe in terms of inflation and the availability of goods and commodities and trading was beginning to return. But as of last year, our government had been overspending and they were broke. So what they did is that they went into the accounts of citizens and took their money. Literally, they just took the money. Mm -hmm. And to replace that money, they said that they were now in. Introducing a new currency that is called a bond note And the bond notes, the government said, was only usable within Zimbabwe And was one-to-one with the US dollar yeah. Of course, this was unacceptable to us Because we felt that we were being robbed So we organized um, a campaign against these bond notes Which resulted eventually in a debate with the governor of the Reserve Bank uh, With normal uh, citizens telling him that we didn't want this bond note Eventually, they didn't accept it, so we called another campaign. At least I just made one video, again, asking people not to go to work, not to go to school, to shut down businesses for one day as a protest to our government to say enough is enough. To my surprise, Jay... Over 9 million people across the country heeded the call. I don't know up to today how they, they they heard it, but I guess technology played a huge part of it. And on the 6th of July 2016, the whole country was shut down. Um, it scared me so much because I didn't realize the amount of power the citizens actually wielded. Uh, a few days after that, I was arrested.
0: Now, I read, and I, I can barely imagine the scene because it's like from a movie, Mm -hmm. it's cinematic. Mm -hmm. I read that you were arrested, taken to court, 150 lawyers stood up for you, and you had thousands of supporters outside the courthouse. And I didn't think this was possible in a dictatorship, or as Sharansky would say, a fear society. Are those facts right?
1: Those facts are are actually very, very right. (sighs) I, I up to now cannot explain to you what happened. Bear in mind, Jay, that the church that I passed only has only had seventy members.
0: Yeah.
1: Here we are in a packed courthouse. Seventy is an important number in the Bible. What? Well,
2: <laughs> I like. I like that.
1: Thank you for reminding me that. So here I am entering a packed courthouse from the cells, shocked at why the courthouse is packed to capacity. Shocked at why 150 lawyers are standing up, holding up their credentials to say we are here to defend this man. Shocked at why I can hear thousands of people singing outside, and one of the prison guards tells me that there's over 5,000 people that have come to stand in solidarity with you. I, I don't. I cannot explain that. I'm accused today by the government of trying to overthrow them, Arab Spring style. They accused me of having a secret phone in the cells that I sent messages to people to come. But I'm telling you, none of that happened. Mm. Zimbabweans suddenly came to the realization that an injustice to one is an injustice to all. They had been seeing me on their phones for maybe over 30 days as they downloaded these videos that I was doing every single day talking about why we needed to stand up. Somewhere along the line, it struck a chord. They listened. They became me. They bought into me. They bought into the fact that Zimbabwe cannot be left on its own.
0: Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is a bit of a cliffhanger. So we'll be back after this other word from our sponsor. Dollar Shave Club is the smarter choice. You'll get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's a no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech you didn't need. When I use my Dollar Shave Club Executive Razor with their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, the blade glides ever so gently and gives me such a smooth shave. Plus, their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter is transparent for a more precise shave. It helps prevent ingrown hairs and fights razor bumps. Now, listeners to Q&A can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of Dr. Carver's shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value. For only five bucks. In your first month box, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of shave butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel anytime you like. You can get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash QA let me say it again dollarshaveclub.com slash QA for Q&A of course and happy shaving welcome back to q and I'm Jay Nordlinger at the Oslo Freedom Forum in the Norwegian capital and we are talking to a man an important man from Zimbabwe Pastor Evan Mawarire. Well, we left off in the courtroom with those 150 lawyers uh, vying or expressing their willingness to represent you and the thousands singing outside. Then what happened?
1: Well, it possibly is one of the longest days I've ever had to uh, endure. I had been arrested on a charge of inciting public violence. And um, for about maybe nine hours, I was held in the cells at the courts, and there seemed to be no progress in terms of me actually having a hearing on that day, uh, to the point that we went close up until six seven o'clock, actually, seven o'clock um, in the evening, and the courts closed normally at four. At seven p.m., I'm still in the cells. The numbers outside have—they there has there is basically a swelling of this crowd outside, and eventually, after um, you know the longest period, I was called in to come and face the charge. To my surprise. My lawyer came and told me that the charge had been changed. And it had been changed from inciting public violence to a charge which is quoted as attempting to subvert a constitutionally elected government. It's a charge that is equivalent to treason in Zimbabwe. It carries a 20-year jail term with no um, option for a fine. I was shocked, Jay. I remember seeing my wife. My wife, she was pregnant at the time. She was about six months pregnant. In fact, seven months pregnant. She was sitting in the crowd. And I just managed to see her out of the corner of my eye because the room was packed and she was sitting down. And I mimed the words, I'm sorry. I I wanted to cry. I couldn't cry because I didn't think this is where it, it it, it would end. And uh, after the first deliberations, they asked me to go back out as the magistrate took a break. We took a break. We came back in again. Um, And I might add that during the break when we took uh, the break and I was sitting in the cell... The crowd in the court broke into music. They began to sing worship songs, church songs in the court. This is unprecedented. It has never happened in Zimbabwe before. People began to sing worship songs. They were defiant to that point of contempting court by singing in the Mm -hmm. courts. The crowds outside. At this point, they were people were buying each other food. They bought candles. They lit candles. I couldn't see outside, so the prison guards would come and tell me and say to me, "You have got to see what's going on outside." Um, eventually, the magistrate came back in after the second recess, which was much longer. And read out the verdict, and the verdict that he read out was that my constitutional rights had been violated, that I had been arrested um, uh, on one charge, and I was being tried on a different charge in which I didn't know, and so I was to be let go because that was a violation of my rights. Of course, the place erupted. Uh, I was let go There's so much that happened Even with the prison guards letting me out There was a plan to rearrest me immediately As I got out uh, But the young prison guards that were there Took me out another way And straight into the crowd that was waiting hmm. And it was an amazing night uh, I saw people celebrate and jubilate There were Zimbabwe flags everywhere And uh, unfortunately we, we had to leave that night Leave the country that night uh, with my family That very night. That very night. We we, we Actually, we did spend the night the next day. The next day uh, at night is when we had to leave. After we found out that um, there was a plan to either re-arrest me or abduct me. Uh, my family, I then found out, had been <coughs> harassed uh, at home whilst I was in prison the night I spent in prison. It became important for me that I moved my wife, my pregnant wife, and my two daughters out of the country uh, that, that following night. And so we left uh, before, before we could really take things to the next level. Huh. Well, <clears throat> the people of Zimbabwe
0: are fed up with this dictatorship, evidently. It's a long standing dictatorship. And I would have to do a little research. But I think that Robert Mugabe may be the oldest man ever to rule a country, not counting ceremonial kings and queens. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's still at this dictating at age 93 or 94. And I think his wife said recently, we'll run a corpse if Mm -hmm, we have to. mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: You you know, it's, it's part of what ashames us. As Zimbabweans, because I'll be honest with you, Robert Mugabe, someone said this to me the other day, which is so true. Robert Mugabe was Mandela before Mandela was Mandela. But somehow, something went wrong. And today, he's 93 years old. He has declared that at next year's election, he's going to be running again for president. And it's a blotch on him as a leader that he has failed to raise a successor, that he has failed to admit his failures in what Zimbabwe has come. He has failed to take responsibility and has failed to leave Zimbabwe better than when he found it or better than when he received it uh, through through the liberation war that all our parents fought. Um And I think that is what troubles many Zimbabweans because we are trying to dream a new future, but sometimes we can't because this past keeps holding on to us. Uh, And that's what this young generation now of Zimbabweans, whom I think I represent, that's what we represent with our passion with our courage that says we're not afraid of you anymore we're more afraid of our children 20 years from now asking us why did you not do anything than we are of your prisons and your abuse you made the
0: video in April 2016. When were you arrested?
1: So, I was then arrested on July um, July 12, 2016. And I left the country on July 14, two days later, uh, to get my family to safety. After spending about five months away from Zimbabwe, we traveled through South Africa, where I also went to universities and met young Zimbabweans, thousands of them. We held rallies at these universities. The South African government then made a comment about me when they were asked what they thought about this pastor who had come from Zimbabwe and was now in South Africa. And uh, the secretary general of the ANC, Gwede Mentashe, said that he he did not accept nor had any space for regime change agenda Western sponsored regime regime change agenda People like myself So we knew straight away that we were also in danger in South mm-hmm. Africa uh, As we were leaving South Africa Robert Mugabe himself in a public speech uh, At one of the burial of one of his uh, Close political friends uh, That's when he threatened me And said people like Ivan Maware They have no place in Zimbabwe mm-hmm. And that they must go where they are sponsored You know it was a turning point Jay because I didn't I didn't know what it, it felt like for Robert Mugabe to mention your name and threaten you publicly. Uh, in the days that followed, um, He must have been afraid of you. Well, you know, and, and it is now in retrospect. I think about I think about that, but I have to be honest in saying that I I was enveloped in
2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. void, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Thought possible. Hmm. Everything I had ever heard about Robert Mugabe came flooding back in the murders of uh, Gukura Hundi, 1982, uh, you know, 1982, 1983, over 20,000 people murdered in and the south of the country, as Robert Mugabe's reign began. The many who have been abducted uh, over the years for political dissent. Uh, Morgan Changirai, one of the current opposition leaders who, uh, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago was beaten up badly, abducted. Those things came back, Jay, and it suddenly became a reality. So we moved with my family once again, and uh, were able to get into the United States. Uh, And after a couple of months, I left my family there. My daughter was born, our newest daughter. I love her to bits. And uh, once she was born, because I just wanted to see her, uh, my wife gave me the permission to come back to Zimbabwe. And so I made the trip back to Zimbabwe. And on the first of February 2017, I landed at Harare International Airport, and was immediately arrested before my passport could get stamped. The Intelligence operatives took me away and for hours interrogated me and asked me where I'd come from, who I'd been seeing, why I was back, uh, what my plan was and why I had embarrassed the president. Um, during my time in the United States the United Nations General Assembly happened to be on and so I gathered a few Zimbabweans in the United States in fact they had already gathered themselves and I just added my voice to saying let's go and protest at the United Nations that Zimbabwe is not in a good space and so that's part of what I was arrested for uh, denigrating the president and for treasonous acts towards the state outside Zimbabwe Um, I was uh, taken in for trial, uh, well, at least a bail hearing, which was denied, and then thrown into Chikurubi Maximum Prison uh, for 12 days um, uh, until eventually uh, I was out on bail. So currently I'm out on bail. My case has not been concluded. I am still under arrest. My passport has been seized, and I only have access to it if I make an application to the high court, giving reasons where I'm traveling and also submitting surety of immovable property. And I thank my, my, my parents. My, my old parents have allowed me to use the title deeds to their home uh, as surety for my return to Zimbabwe.
0: But you were able to leave the country after that 12 days detention.
1: After the 12 days detention, uh, I was unable to leave for some time until my lawyers fought through um, with an application for me to be able to travel.
0: Well, Pastor, um, if if you were of a mind to run for president, Mm -hmm. and I don't even know if running for president makes sense in the Zimbabwean context. Maybe it's silly, but would a person be allowed to mount a genuine opposition? To the long-time incumbent
1: dictator is such a thing possible if, if if what we have seen in the last at least for me in the last 20 years 25 years of my uh, growing up in zimbabwe if anything of that in terms of the political uh, opponents that have come and gone and those that are still present if any of that is anything to go by zimbabwe is a very difficult place to engage in opposition politics is very, very hostile. In one of his speeches, when I was on the run, when I was temporarily in exile, when I was setting up my family to be safe, Robert Mugabe said, "Ivan Mawarire and his Christian friends, or his other pastor friends, should understand that ZANU PF, that's his party, jealously guards the politics of our country." And we know how to deal with those who meddle in our politics. And then he said, stay in your religion and we will stay in our politics.
0: Mm -hmm. If you've
1: ever studied Robert Mugabe, you will find that he was a huge proponent of a one-party state in the early days of his leadership of Zimbabwe as prime minister. Eventually, he gave in to uh, a form of democracy that allowed uh, other parties to come in. But he has never, ever, he is not on record at all as being genuinely accepting of those that dissent with his views, either in his party or outside his party. Our government in Zimbabwe has always, always been hostile to uh, any other political formations in the country. So the frustrations go from being physically hostile to being almost, um, through the, the, the laws, almost impossible for you to operate as an opposition, uh, you know, political player. You have to fight very hard and know that you're fighting with your life at risk uh, when you get into politics in Zimbabwe.
0: Well, here at the end, it's a, it's a cliche of a question, but I do like it. Uh, what What else do you
1: wish people could know? I wish people could know that Zimbabweans have gotten to a place right now that they are claiming their own destiny into their own hands. Zimbabweans realize today that nobody brings a more passionate and sustainable fight for Zimbabwe than Zimbabweans. And that it is is our own hope that is going to bring us to the kind of Zimbabwe that we want. This is the mantra that we have had, the movement that I've been fortunate to start has carried this mantra around. And it says, if we cannot cause the politician to change, then we must inspire the citizen to be bold. Mm. And that's, that's, that is what it's about. It's about no-name, no-face individuals standing up to protect their futures, the future of their families. And that's what Zimbabwe is becoming. It's becoming a place where we are now becoming more aware of our future uh, than we are uh, held back by our past.
0: Well, I guarantee you that our listeners will want to remember your name. So please give us the perfect and definitive and
1: authoritative pronunciation of it, both names. My name is Ivan Mawarire, and I'm a citizen of the Republic of Zimbabwe. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Until next time.